You are listening to the You Are Techie Podcast, episode 130. Welcome to the You Are Techie Podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms. Are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. All right. Hey there. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm talking about interviewing fundamentals today. How cool is that? All right. So this is a bit of a continuation from the episode I did on tech fundamentals. That was episode 127. You can check that out at youartechie.com slash 127 or by searching for it on your favorite podcast player. As I did with that episode, I want to start off with some quotes. We're going to get you amped up for the fundamentals. Here we go. I learned to always take on things I'd never done before. Growth and comfort do not coexist. That's from Jenny Rometty, former CEO and chairman of IBM. I mean, how cool is that? Growth and comfort do not coexist. Well said, Jenny. (laughs) I really believe that is so true, isn't it, though? What's so hard about growth is that it's uncomfortable. And I don't know about you, but I grew up thinking discomfort was bad. But if we truly want growth, that's exactly what we need and exactly what we should be doing. (laughs) Start seeking out the discomfort. And I love that Ginny was a powerful tech executive. We should definitely heed her advice. Another way to say that is she should be a voice we're listening to because she has the results we desire. Now, you may be thinking, actually, I'm not headed to be the CEO of IBM, but that's okay. Ginny started out as a systems analyst and she was able to grow throughout her career and all at the same company. I mean, how cool is that? I think that is a beautiful thing. And just something to note that she was able to grow and change and really stretch herself throughout her career. But she is someone where you can say, okay, this is a woman who succeeded at the highest levels in tech. She has a voice that I should consider, that I should be listening to, And so I think that's a really important thing. I learned to always take on things I'd never done before. What? That is hard. Good job. Good on you, Jenny. All right. So today we're talking about fundamentals. And as I said, I also talked about that in episode 
27. So here's a fundamentals quote for you. This one is by Jim Rohn. That was the mentor, first early mentor of Tony Robbins. There are no new fundamentals. You've got to be a little suspicious of someone who says, I've got a new fundamental. It's like someone inviting you to a tour of a factory where they're manufacturing antiques. Thanks, Jim. I love it. So fun and so true. No new fundamentals. So, you know, just do the fundamentals. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive in and make sure that we're doing the fundamentals. And really what it boils down to is we're going to do the fundamentals. Then we're going to do them better. Then we're going to go ahead and do them even better. Right. Sounds like a plan. Sounds super fun. That's why we need some quotes to amp us up. Right. So we can really take a look at fundamentals and say, how can I do that even better? So in tech fundamentals, I talk about besides for my basketball career and a lot of dribbling, I talk about building your portfolio and building your community and building your community is really where this podcast starts. So if you want to talk about interviewing fundamentals and doing those interviewing fundamentals better, the way to do that is to start long before the interview. I'm going to say that again in case that sounded a little mind-bendy. We're talking about interviewing fundamentals and how do we get better at interviewing fundamentals? And what I'm coming to you and submitting is that we want to work on fundamentals that have to do with interviewing long before the interview comes. It really starts with the people you're talking to. So if you're talking to mature, well-coached, confident people, you're already a step ahead of the game. And if you're looking for a job in tech and someone mistreats you or isn't helpful to you, that is a piece of information. Or as Mr. Toomey says, that's a data point. I guess it's from his accounting background. But it isn't necessary to even really get angry or upset with that person. It's just a data point. That person is not going to be someone who is helpful to you. Also, likely not someone you want to work with or for. So take note. I'm sorry, what was that company you work for? Let me jot that down, right? Right? Okay. So then what do you do? Then you look for more data points. So let's say you're going to a meetup and you go to the meetup and you just keep hitting your head against a wall. Like people are not helpful. That is a great data point that you should move away. Now, you know, give them a chance. Do it. Go a few times. Make sure that you're giving them their due. But you may just need a different group. That's a really specific situation. But if you find yourself coming across people again and again that are not helpful to you, then I would say pause. Look at where you're finding those people and look somewhere else. Because if you keep looking in the same spot and you're having the same response, I see this a lot in Facebook groups like the post, not mine because ours is awesome, of course, but in other groups where people are really frustrated They're looking in the same place and they're like, I'm not finding oil in this spot. Let me look in the same spot. I'm not finding oil here. I'm not finding oil here. You've got to shift your gaze. And that's really hard to do that. But you want to make sure that you're taking in that data. You're having those experiences and then allowing the time to process them and say, am I getting good info? Now, let's say you're getting really far along in the relationship process, but you just haven't found an interview yet. Keep going down that 
path, one of those will fall. That means you keep going towards that. If people are being helpful, where else can you find more people like that who are being helpful to you? All right. But you really won't know unless you have those data points. You have to really go through those experiences. And reflecting back on episode 127, the fundamental key to building your community is really to go to a meetup. It's important and meaningful. And I'm going to go ahead and bang on this drum again because my students are seeing so much success with this method alone. But then you add in the second part, which is to follow up. Oh my gosh, go to a meetup and then follow up. So powerful, such great fundamentals. It's really hard to beat those fundamentals. Let them know how you're doing on your journey. Ask them about their journey. Ask them to get a coffee or a virtual chat and then keep following up as you're building your community. Whenever I reach out to my students and I say, we're in a live, we're in a coaching and I say, okay, who else do you know? Who else do you know? Oh, you know what? I've got that person I need to follow up with. I mean, you don't have to email these people every week. I think it's a great idea to keep a list and you just kind of rotate. Hey, it's been a few weeks. Let me touch base with you. Guess what I've done in these last few weeks? It makes you look really professional and assertive and productive, quite honestly. I love it for you guys too, because sometimes you forget how much progress you've made and it can be astounding in just even a few weeks. So that is a fundamental of tech and of interviewing. Why? Because getting around and learning who the right people are for you, for your career, that is most important when it comes to interviewing. Right? So if you walk into an interview and the people are not great, the company is not great, it's a terrible experience, you're going to walk away thinking, this interviewing is horrible. I hate it. Maybe they mistreated you or just you just didn't like the way they treated you. Whatever it is, it's the practice of getting around the right people that's going to be so helpful. But that's not the only reason. Is just so you don't get into the interview and have a negative experience. No, sometimes the interview becomes irrelevant and it's just a discussion. Seen that happen a lot. Or more commonly, Those relationships are going to give you the warm introduction when an opening does open up at that company. It could be at their own company or at one that they hear about. Keep in mind, you're following up with them. They're associating your name to getting hired in that tech position. And so if they hear of something, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I know of someone who wants it. And they're going to give you that warm introduction that is so much better than sending your application into the cyberspace, right? My kids are going to love that I just added the thought there. All right. So I'm going to dive into the best way to prepare for a technical interview. But the first best way would be to already know someone at the company that not only gets you in the door, but it helps everyone know if this relationship is worth pursuing it. It helps you know and it helps them know. All right. Which leads me to the next fundamental. But remember that interviewing is it. Which leads me to the next fundamental. Remember that interviewing is a two-way street. You are evaluating them as much as they are evaluating you. If you want to be confident, focusing on the person across the table is a great way to stop worrying about yourself, which will automatically make you feel less self-conscious 
and more confident. I'm going to say that one more time. Remember that interviewing is a two-way street. So you are evaluating them as much as they are evaluating you. If you want to be confident, focusing on the person across the table is a great way to stop worrying about yourself, which is going to automatically make you feel less self-conscious and more confident. Okay. What's another way to feel more confident? This one, it is a fundamental, but it cannot be overstated. And that is to prepare. And you want to prepare the right way, not by doing a million little things. I used to love that. Let me just make sure I've memorized every line of code before I go into this interview. No, I'm really not exaggerating. I remember doing something similar to that. So that's not a good way to prepare. What you want to do instead is focus on the things that will really move the needle forward. So, hey, we're going to continue this conversation or we're not. I have two questions for you, two filters that are really going to help you focus on the right thing instead of memorizing a line of code. The first one is, what can you bring to the table or what is your value? So your past experience plus new skills. What is your value? I hear you. You don't like that question. If you're going to judgment spaces, don't go there. Don't judge yourself. You have lots of value. Instead, past experiences plus new skills. That's it. That's all your value is to the marketplace. It's a lot. That's a lot. Past experience, new skills. I just had not an argument, but a reminding session with one of my students that things that happened a long time ago still count. They can't be the only thing, but just because my computer science degree was more than 20 years ago, they don't get to take it away from me. I can't say I have an undergrad in computer science and that's all I've done for the last 20 years, but I do get to list it as one of my past accomplishments. Past, plus new skills. And so if you're acquiring those new skills, then you have a very clear vision of the value. It's all the things combined. Okay, that's the first question. What can you bring to the table slash what is your value? Same question. The second one is, what questions do you have for them? Okay, this one's really important. You have to have great questions to demonstrate that you care about the position, the employer that you're vested, that you took the time, that you've already given them time and interest. That's important. Fundamentally, those are going to be the most meaningful things to focus on, the fundamentals, so that you prepare well for the interview. So to prepare well, think about the value that you bring and the questions you have for them. Okay, so we're going to dive into even more detail. So we're talking about how preparing is a fundamental, but preparing the right way is important. And the filter is what value do you bring and what questions do you have for them? So now going into a little bit more detail, in terms of your value, don't make the mistake I used to make. I have another one, not just a million little things, but I will just be straightforward that I am really good at interviewing or I was. I guess I don't know, but I definitely had a lot of success. And I think that it has to do with the fact that I would create answers that I thought they wanted to hear because I really had no clue what I was looking for. So I just tried to make the interviewer like me and I would just 
say whatever that took because I thought that's what it meant to be a good interviewer. I really do think I was just misguided. But, you know, they just seemed like such better jobs than waiting tables at Ruby Tuesdays that I was like, sweet, let's do it. So while that might lead to a lot of job offers, it didn't lead to a good cultural fit for me. So I have some hopping, some job hopping earlier in my career. What's better is when describing your value is to do it in a connection that's truly authentic to you. So in other words, how do you do UX? Or how do you do development? Maybe you're really empathetic or you have superior teamwork skills. I highly recommend that you do this activity. It's so eye-opening. Okay, here, it's very simple. I recommend that you ask 10 people that you know this question, okay? The question is, what do you think I'm really good at? So once you go to 10 people, your mom, your dad, your husband, your coworker, your former coworker, a sibling, maybe several friends. Kind of kind of space it out, right? And think about people who know you pretty well, but whose opinion you think is a good opinion, could help you in the professional world. It doesn't have to be perfect, just pretty good. The point here is that the things that people see in us are usually not something that we're very aware of in ourselves. And the reason for that is because it comes so naturally to us. So again, that question is just, what do you think I'm really good at? And I found this really eye-opening. I asked my mom, my dad, my husband, you know, a, a coworker, sibling, several friends. It was fun and insightful, and it will likely point out something that you just don't realize about yourself. I learned a lot through this. So kind of going back to this premise that, yeah, you have the tech skills, you're acquiring these new tech skills. But how you specifically bring those tech skills to the workplace, that's your value. So we've got this past experience. We've got our new skills. But who are you authentically? What else do you do naturally or easily? Those are going to be things that take very little energy away from you and are going to be a great asset to the workforce. Okay, so a lot of that is going to help you with the value question. What do you bring to the table besides just the tech skill? But how do you prepare? in terms of asking really great questions. So you want to prepare by finding out about the company. And sure, you want to know about the industry. You want to know about their customers. You want to know about their culture. So read their mission. But here are some things that you can't really get from the website. So they're great to ask in the interview. You want to ask about what they need help with. You want to know what their pain points are on their team, in the department, at the company. I mean, you're going to come and add, come in and add value. So you're looking for the spaces where you're going to input that value. And if you say, okay, well, what are those spaces? Those spaces are needs and pain points. So what is hard for them? That's where you're going to be helpful. And that's a great perspective to come to your interview preparation with so that you can ask truly penetrating questions and probably much higher value questions than a candidate who has, you know, standard three questions they ask everyone. So what do you like about your job? These are going to be much higher value and get to the heart of if this is a good fit for you. Because just to remind you, interviewing is a two-way street. 
you are evaluating them as much as they are evaluating you. I wouldn't have to repeat it if it wasn't so important. Okay. So I have one more fundamental that I want to talk to you about, and it's going to help you really show up confidently, which, you know, that'd be a great book, how to show up confidently in an interview. Everybody wants confidence in an interview. interview. So the things I gave you already are going to help, but I have one more that's probably going to help you the most. And so what I want to talk about with this one, it's practice, right? So we're going to practice, practice, but let me give you a really specific example of what I mean the level of practice that is required to really hone these fundamentals and then how to do it. Okay, here's one example. I like to ask my students how much they would like to make. So what is your rate? We, I mean, we literally play pretend. I know, but it's good. And I ask them again, and then I ask them again. And do you know why? It's not because I love asking them. But because the first person you say your salary, your desired salary to, that should not be the interviewer across the table from you at your dream company during your interview. It can be me or your husband or your best friend, but for goodness sakes, you need to say it out loud. That is going to help so much with confidence. So that's a great example of practicing. Say it out loud. Because if you're nervous in your head to say it and you think you're going to say it confidently the first time you say it, you will not because it's the first time. Or if you do, it's just luck. But if you say it 10 times because you say it to your husband and you say it to your teacher and you say it to the mirror, then when you are asked that in an interview, it's just going to fall out of your mouth and that's going to sound so confident. So practice saying the salary number out loud, practice answering and asking the questions you prepared in the last fundamental that we talked about. Practice saying those questions. And how you practice is important. So yes, say them. But I also want you to practice on paper. I want you to write them down, type them out, then practice saying them in the mirror, then practice saying them while recording yourself. And I have this handy little free app on my phone where you can record and then listen to it or even record a video of yourself on your computer and then watch it and then rewatch it and then take notes and then iterate on it and then practice with a peer, a community member, a friend, then get their feedback, then iterate again. So instead of thinking of like, 20 ways that you add value in 20 questions. How about like three of each or five of each? And that's it. And just get better and better at them. So that's how you can really be great at interviewing by focusing on the interviewing fundamentals. And it's also why I say start interviewing early, even before you feel ready. And yes, I know it can be super, super uncomfortable. You might even end up getting rejected a few times. But remember what Ginny said. We need to be uncomfortable for our growth. And so even if you do get, quote unquote, rejected and, that, and it hurts, it can just be practice. Now, quick caveat, I don't recommend interviewing for a company that you're not actually interested in just for the practice. You should be sincerely interested in the company. I just want to clear that up. But let's say that 
it doesn't work out. Even though you've gone in with a sincere heart and really attempted it, then you can just chalk it up to practice because you are going to get better and better each time. Preparing for this interview, doing the interview, afterwards debriefing on what you could do better. So you are continuing to get better at your tech skills and your interviewing skills. So that by the time you do get that interview at that dream tech job of yours, you might just be able to get that dream salary that you were hoping for all along. I hope you had fun and learned something along the way today. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.